Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we are gonna dive into part two of the body cam footage of Alex Cox on the day that he died, which was December 12, 2019. In part one, I You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I talked about the body cam footage of Alex while he was at his place, the place that he shared with Zulema. Zulema's son, Joseph, dialed 911 at 3.20 p.m. And two minutes before that, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply was a blessing by Chad Daybell. Now, if you haven't seen part one, you can check that out in the description box below, or I will have it at the end of this video. Now, before I get into it, don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to like, and please share this video where you can. Now, let's get into it. So this video is two segments. The first is body cam footage at the hospital where Alex was just transported and Zulema is there as well. In the second body cam footage, Zulema is still at the hospital and police are at her house waiting for a search warrant to be authorized. So we hear Zulema talking to the officer who is at her house. Now, just a heads up, the footage is blurry, and so what I'll do is I'll play a little bit of the footage and then we'll have a little chit-chat about it. So in the beginning of this footage, Alex is being worked on and given CPR. As I said, the 911 call occurred at 3.20 p.m. on December 12, 2019. CPR started at 3.29 p.m. Alex was transported to the hospital after working on him for some time at the home. He was still getting a reading with the medics and that's why he was transported and not pronounced deceased. They kept on working on him and they were getting some sort of activity. So from Zulema's house is about a 12 minute drive from her home to Banner Gateway Hospital. Obviously it'd be a little faster by ambulance. Now, once I get into the footage, if you look at the top right corner of the screen, you're able to see, even though it's a little blurry, but you'll be able to see them administering CPR on Alex. Let's get into it. Hey, Mr. Griffin. You called? Okay, somebody call me. So, all right. All right, thanks. Can someone relieve the compressor? Sit down next to him. Up next to him, Okay. All right. Okay. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad. 
Now, while staff are giving CPR, they are also talking about epi or epinephrine and the timing of the last dose. There are quite a few people in the room, and later on, they're going to talk about how there's 20 people in the room, something like that, including an officer who has been ordered to stay in the room. Next clip. Sorry to be in your way, guys. Oh, no, you're good. I'll just move over here. Yeah. Got to get a little line and then we're good. One of Effie in, one of Effie, thank you. Yeah, I got ordered to be here. So, it's like I'm in the way here, so stand here. There's reasons. Now, remember here that earlier back at the house they deemed it to be a crime scene here we have a 51 year old male who is in critical condition and was found on the floor in the bathroom and according to reports they said that he had no history of diseases or medications from what is being told plus at this point in time we have a previous welfare check where alex happened to be he fled idaho alex's apartment in idaho was searched and the authorities even broke down his door. Actually, the FBI broke down his door. He killed Charles in July. He was suspected of shooting Brandon Boudreaux in October and also had a very important wedding in Vegas that seemed to be very businesslike. And the guy that he was hanging out with for the last little while, AKA Chad Daybell, well, his wife just died and her body was exhumed the day before this. So there's lots going on. Back to the clip. Ten fifty. Four four one three on six. Who is this? 
10 4. I'll double check that I have your number, so one second. So in that clip, you can see people switch off, they take turns administering CPR, and you'll hear them count down 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then switch. And CPR is labor-intensive. But interesting here as well, it makes me think about, remember Alex way back when, when Charles was shot and he said that he didn't want to do CPR and then he said, yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot kind of thing. Well, he was walking out of the house with his sunglasses on his head and really not winded at all. So I said it before and a lot of you say the same thing that you don't believe and I don't believe that Alex actually gave CPR to Charles. According to them, why revive a zombie, right? We continue. So they called um, probably within two minutes after um, he was in the bathroom talking to his son. So I said it went silent, opened the door, and he was on the ground. Prayer, can you give me a 21? They immediately called. We got it. Our contacts, we were almost there when they upgraded code. Copy 2981975. Here's what's interesting here. Whoever is talking said they called two minutes probably after he was in the bathroom talking to someone and then went silent opened the door and he was on the ground. Now, this person who's talking could be his understanding of what happened. But at 3.15, according to Zulema and the police report, she called Joseph. And at 3.18 was the blessing by Chad Daybell, according to Zulema, who was looking at her phone. And at 3.20 was the call to 911. Now, in my last video, I did talk about discrepancies because there are some. And in the police report, it says, on December 12, 2019, Alex was awake when he received a telephone call from his mother. She asked Joseph to go check on Alex. She has never called Joseph and asked him to check on Alex in the past. Joseph did not know the reason why his mother asked him to check on Alex. The telephone conversation ended and a few minutes later, his mother called him a second time. Joseph said she sounded serious when she asked him to just call the cops and told Joseph she was on her way home from work. Joseph knew the request had to be serious because his mother never left work early. Alex ran into the master bedroom and opened the closed door of the master bathroom. As soon as Joseph looked inside, he observed Alex was lying on his right side with vomit coming out of his mouth. Joseph stated there was, and it's redacted, but we believe now as feces on the bathroom floor. Alex said he had to look away due to the smell. Okay, no, that wasn't Alex. That should be Joseph. Joseph immediately called 911. The 911 operator asked Joseph if Alex was breathing and Alex told the operator Alex sounded like he was exhaling. And according to Zulema and what the police report says is, later in the day, Alex had a friend, Chad Daybell, give him a blessing over the phone. And this is either Chad or Lori here, then texted Zulema and told her Alex was not doing well and she would leave work and go home. In my last video, I talked about how Zulema's lawyers stated it was Lori who called Zulema to go 
and check on Alex because she was worried. She called Alex and he was having a hard time talking to her. She told him she would drop off her client and come right home. She said she was in the area of Higley and Baseline and was not far from home. She then called her son who was at home with Alex. She told him to go to her room and check on Alex. He stayed on the phone and checked on Alex. She could hear her son telling Alex to stay on the floor and not to try to get up. Zulema told her son to call 911. She arrived home and her son met her at the door and told her it was really bad. Now be sure to check out part one because I talk about the timing and how odd it is at 318 to have a blessing from Chad Daybell when Alex was supposedly already on the floor unconscious and why would Joseph not phone 911 right away, which he said he did, and Zulema said he did. So who answered the phone from Chad Daybell, right? So in one statement, Joseph stayed on the phone, which according to Zulema was at 3.15 p.m., and she checked her phone in front of the officer on body cam and said at 3.18 was the blessing from Chad Daybell. But she said her friends, which we later found out was Chad Daybell. Uh, she says Joseph checked on Alex right away and found him on the floor. And in another statement, like I mentioned, Zulema said she called back, but only on the police report because Zulema didn't say that on body cam. Now, in this next clip, you can see who I believe is Zulema walk to the end of Alex's bed at the hospital and start talking to Alex. Yeah, they're still working them right now. We got like 20 people in this room. So, yeah, no problem. You bet. Now, remember at this point, Zulema has only been married to Alex for two weeks after an impromptu marriage just days after fleeing from Idaho. And their marriage, as I mentioned, was described as very businesslike. This was Zulema's sixth marriage. Next clip. Doctor, 
So at this point, it's been 45 minutes that CPR has been going. Now, I talked to my hubby about this because I was wondering what the repercussions are after somebody goes through something like this and has been down for 45 minutes. And he said he recently had a patient where he was down for that long and they actually got a pulse back and the guy ended up being in the hospital and then just came out and he was good to go. So he said as long as they're getting oxygen, you know, it should be okay. As you get older, from my understanding, not so great to recover, but I guess everybody's different. And in that clip, Zulema says something to the effect of, I need a minute to think. And I believe she just goes and sits on the floor. It looks like that anyways, I'm not sure. Now next, you'll see Zulema move towards the top left side of the bed. Uh, near Alex's head and then th they're giving CPR there so she ends up going back around and then onto the right hand side.
that sometimes with meditation, we can start tuning into those Now, it may be a little hard to hear, but Zulema says, Alex, honey, it's okay. You can go. It's okay. Now, I was thinking about it, and I'm not sure if she said, and I love you at all there. It didn't sound like it, but doesn't mean she didn't say I love you. But it is hard to hear. So just curious about that. Whoever was in the room, if she actually said I love you to him, would be something I'm just curious to know. Now, CPR is then stopped and Zulema is explained that Alex doesn't have a pulse and has a little bit of electrical activity. And at 4.19 p.m., Alexander Lamar Cox was pronounced deceased one hour after 911 was called. Let's go to the next clip. Now the officer is about to ask the staff about the particulars, making sure the time of death, how many rounds of epinephrine, and then he calls someone on the phone and relays the time of death. Hey doc, 1619, when you call me. Call to respiratory ER. I hear 13 rounds of epinephrine. Oh, yeah. Okay, Eight in the field and how many here? Five. Oh, okay, five here. Got a few other CPR going to ride. Yes. 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 
Hey, it's Griff. Uh, Henry at 1619. So what if... Okay, she, the wife is here with the body too, so... Okay, no problem, I'll stay right here then. Yep. Now we switch to Zulema from here on out. She's been in the room with Alex and we haven't seen her leave at all at this point and she's sitting beside Alex at the bed. So Zulema talks about her kids and having anxiety. Joseph had said that in the 911 call. He also said that afterwards uh, on body cam that he has anxiety and he had a hard time dealing with that situation. Joseph is in his mid-20s and he lives with Zulema, for those of you who don't know. 
Now, Zulema states several times that she's very worried and especially worried about Joseph and his well-being. Let's go to the next clip. Now, I was going to trim this clip down, but I think it's very important uh, that you see it in its entirety of the emotional state that Zulema was in. Next clip. I'm not here for the any reason. Now, obviously, the staff is wondering what the heck is going on because they see an officer there and he's saying, hey, I'm not here for ME reasons. I'm not here for the medical examiner reasons. Uh, and she goes, oh, you know, oh, a different case. Yeah. And, you know, he can't say too much. So naturally, they're wondering. Okay, 
I get you more information when I can. We have detectives around. Zulema says that Alex didn't want to go to the hospital, but of course, right? He didn't want to go to the hospital because he wants to remain hidden. I mean, by this point, he took off from Idaho. He changed his name. JJ and Tylee are dead. He's living with Zulema and the place is not in his name. He didn't tell his family that he got married or that he moved to Arizona from Idaho. And he hadn't been working for four months. And for those of you who don't know, Alex was a truck driver. He had taken months off from the time he moved from Arizona to Idaho. And uh, before that, he also did gigs as a comedian. Let's check out the next clip. We find out exactly what he got across the border in Mexico. Um, he drinks Dr. Pepper, that's his reason. Um, went down to Mexico for... He went to get um, some tea packs and some Cialis okay. and then um, to the still mine um, to the hospital. Okay. But again, no surgeries, no chronic medical problems? So here's where we get our answer about what Alex bought, or maybe a partial answer. Of course, whatever else was bought, if there was something else and something that couldn't be said, I'm sure Zulema wouldn't say it out loud. She seems to be protecting a few people. 
in the last video, in part one, I talked about how she protected Chad and Lori. Now, here she talks about Alex going to Mexico, buying CPAPs, which is for sleep apnea, and Cialis. We know what that's for. I do wonder, though, if that's the only thing, as I said, he bought down there. I know Zulema mentioned that Alex bought some medication for her as a refill. From my understanding, she said something like Zoloxyl. I did try to look it up and I tried to spell it how it would be. The only thing I found close to it sounded like a, a supplement, a mineral, helping with calcium, I believe it was, and D3. So I'm wondering why she would get a refill because you wouldn't really get a prescription. So I'm wondering if I'm off there. If you're a nurse or a pharmacist or something and you know what she's talking about, please let me know in the comments below. I'd super appreciate it. Now, one thing interesting is if Alex did have a CPAP machine, um, obviously it was for sleep apnea. In Canada, I think it's a little bit different than in the States. I'm told that you actually need to go to uh, a specialist to get CPAPs. Now there's more medical history than we think, right? And I did more snooping around and I guess it's only 68 cents a pill for Cialis. Now here's the other thing I think about. Maybe Alex was a little hopeful and needed to perhaps buy Cialis. We know that it was very business-like for a marriage, so I'm not sure what's going on if they actually had a true relationship or if it was really just friendship and you know, they concocted the idea with Melanie Pulowski, of course. She just says it's on a whim. Everybody says it's on a whim. But check out my Thanksgiving video and you'll know what I mean. Yeah, right. Anyway, something that I, I think about. So maybe he's either hopeful or maybe things were going on there, but you got to wonder. Let's go to the next clip.
Jose is Zulema's son-in-law, and as soon as he came to pick up Zulema, he talked about getting a lawyer. Here's what it says in the police report. Zulema's son-in-law, Jose, arrived at the hospital and I stepped out of the room to make a phone call. Zulema suddenly came down the hallway with Jose. I told her we are going to finish up our investigation at her house. Jose interjected and told me I could ask questions to their attorney. They said they were going back to the house. In this next clip, the chaplain is about to walk in and talk to Zulema. It is hard to hear. Zulema also starts crying.
So now let's talk about what happened after this. According to the police report, it says, I arrived at the hospital and located Zulema in a trauma room seated next to her husband, Alex. Zulema appeared upset and was reluctant to speak to me at first. She eventually agreed to speak to me in a separate room. Zulema asked me why she was being questioned and if she was considered a suspect in the death of her husband. I assured her she was not a suspect, but I needed information from her regarding what happened at her house when Alex was discovered. Zulema said she had been married to Alex for only two weeks and had known him for about a year. She rented the house they lived in and she has lived there for about two years. Now it's interesting, isn't it? The very first thing she asks is if she's considered a suspect in the death of Alex. It does make me wonder, had she been thinking about this from the moment the cops stepped in her place right after 911 was called? Or was it just at that moment? And then it brings me to think, is it her real emotions that she's showing in the hospital or was it for show? Because if your loved one dies and unexpectedly, your first thought wouldn't be or shouldn't be, am I a suspect? Right? So I just feel like there's a lot not being said. Let me know what you think in the comments. Now in the next clip, the officers are at Zulema's house and they are waiting on a search warrant. Zulema's daughter Kara is there talking to the officer and Joseph is there as well. Zulema gets on the phone with the officer and starts asking questions. Hello. Hello. I'm Mark Gordon. What's that? You can if you'd like, or you can just talk to me first, then we can see if she needs to be on the phone. Hey, um, here's somebody that, you know, coming to talk to us, but you'd be on the speaker, so you can hear what they're going to say. Yeah. Hello, my name is Mark Ward, I'm a sergeant with the Gilbert Police Department. Who am I speaking with? You want to bring him in? Yes. Yeah. Zulema, what can I do for you, ma'am? Now, we know that Joseph has anxiety, and perhaps Kara does too, but the whole reason that Kara does not live at the house where they all live is because she's tired of all the men Zulema gets entangled with. As I said, Alex was husband number six. Now, here's what Kara said to the police. Kara used to live at the house until Alex moved in. Kara stated in the past her mother has had numerous different male relationships in which they ended up living with them and she did not want to go through it again, so she moved out. Kara did not know Alex, but knew he and her mother were engaged to be married. Side note, nobody knew about them getting married. Joseph even calls Alex his mom's boyfriend. Back to the statement. Kara and Alex had communicated in passing and did not have any in-depth conversations. Kara referred to Alex as being very religious. Alex moved into the residence around Thanksgiving 2019. Kara stated Alex's sister Lori and her mother had been good friends and attended the same LDS church. Kara called her mother and Lori preppers and explained preppers were preparing for the end of the world. It was the relationship between her mother and Lori is how her mother met Alex. 
Tara's mother and Alex knew each other before Alex moved to Idaho. Her mother planned on moving to Idaho to be with Alex, but it was ultimately Alex who decided to move back to Arizona to be with Zulema. Kara does not know any other of Alex's family members besides his sister Lori and his niece Melanie. Okay, so we're definitely not trying to make things worse, ma'am. We're not trying to have anybody uh, feel bad or, or be anxious, but someone died in your house today and we're not going to leave your house until we finish that investigation. So, and we're going to secure it while we seek a search warrant from the judge. And if the judge grants it, then we'll uh, conduct the search as necessary to finish the death investigation. If the judge doesn't, then we will leave. But for right now, we're going to stand by in the house and control individual movements in the house. They're not required to stay here, so if they'd like to leave, they are free to leave. But we will not be leaving the house at this time. Well, the incident started here. I get that he was pronounced deceased at the hospital, but all of that started here. It didn't start in the hospital. It started in this house. Okay? And like I said, we're, we're not trying to traumatize anybody. We're not trying to, to push this. And it, it, Okay, you, that, you have your right to that opinion. I understand that now. We're, we're, we have a job to do. And unfortunately, sometimes that, that ends up making people feel uncomfortable. That's not our intent, but we have, we have our job to do. So that's kind of where we stand right now. And, and your children that are, are here are adults, and they're free to leave. We're not holding them here. So, But we are going to hold the house while we seek the search warrant. So, and they're, they're not necessarily free to move around the house and just go do whatever they want. So they can leave the house. They're free to leave that, but they're not free to wander around the house while we secure it. So Zulema here pushes back and says, yes, you are. Yes, you are about being traumatizing to the children. I mean, these kids are adults. They don't need to be there. It does make me wonder what's in that house. More importantly, what's in that holiday basket? I keep talking about it. I'm interested and I'm wondering if photos were taken of any kind of supplies or if there was any holiday basket even being made. Back to the clip. Okay. Okay. Okay, I, I have no need to speak to your lawyer because it's not going to change anything, but you're more than welcome to give him a call. You have every right to. Okay, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. Okay. Are you, are you guys on your way here? I'm going to leave right now. I'm going to leave right now. I'm just going to go to the house. So this is interesting. In the hospital footage, we did see Zulema by Alex's side. We hear her say at the end, if you want to go, it's okay, Alex, honey, you can go. She was also sitting right by his bedside when they called his time of death. So I'm not sure what she means by she didn't get to say goodbye. I mean, it could be all kinds of things, obviously, but I find it interesting. Also, Alex didn't have any sort of funeral. He was cremated, but no funeral, and he was listed as Alex Cox, not Alex Pastenis. Both interesting points. Oh, and of course, Lori didn't make it to the funeral. Why not, Lori? 
and Jose, Jose is giving you a ride home? Do you guys have any questions for us? Okay. We can try and answer them anytime. If you have any questions, just let us know. Okay? And like I, I said to your mom on the phone, you guys are free to leave if you choose to. You're just not free to wander around the house. Okay? And, and it's we have a responsibility as investigators to determine, did something bad happen or is it just natural causes? And uh, we do that because now Alex can't speak for himself for if something bad happens. So that's why we do that. Okay? okay? All right. Now, when it comes to the search warrant, here's what it said in the police report. While waiting for a search warrant to be obtained for the house, we remained inside the residence to hold the integrity of the crime scene while other families were present. During this time, I was approached by the daughter of the homeowner who advised her mother in conjunction with her mother on the phone, no longer wanted the police inside the residence. I advised the necessity for police to remain inside the residence while other family members were present while a search warrant was being obtained. I also notified Sergeant Warden of their request who confirmed this with the mother. At 18.45 hours, we were relieved by Officer Kurzak. This concludes my involvement in the case. And then there's another statement that says, I assisted by beginning to draft a residential search warrant. The warrant was subsequently turned over to Detective Pillar to complete. The search warrant was ultimately granted at approximately 2134 hours. The warrant was executed at the residence. I participated by taking digital images of the overall residence to include the master bathroom and master bedroom where Alexander was located. I also assisted in searching the residence and vehicles for items seized as evidence. A copy of the search warrant and receipt for items seized from the residence was left. All Gilbert Police Department personnel exited the residence at approximately 2336 hours. There's no doubt that everything in the Daybell case is absolutely crazy. People are dying, people are fleeing, people are getting married, changing their last names, you name it. And Zulema has been given use immunity. She's now safe. We see her in part one of this series, and I'll have that at the end of this video or in the description box. We see her protecting Chad and Lori. We see her questioning if she's a suspect in Alex's death, why? She also asks the officers to leave her home so the children won't be traumatized. I wonder what they found in the house, red flag to me, besides the blowtorches actually they were talking about, was there more? I do wonder about the holiday basket. I'm gonna keep talking about this. Zulema asked Alex to make it two hours before he died. I do wonder if the supplies were out in the open or if the basket was even started. She texted him to ask him to make the basket at just before one o'clock and he texted back, sure. So I really wonder what was in there and I wonder if the little trip to Mexico had some extra supplies as well. All of us are curious at this point. I'm sure you're curious as well. Also, why didn't Alex have a funeral? And I wanna know what the actual blessing was on the phone. Timing is really odd. And a viewer commented on the blessing under my last video and talked about what a typical blessing is and how it's usually in person in the Mormon religion. We do know though Chad and Lori and Alex were anything but typical. And the weird thing too, Zulema was asked about family members on body cam by the authorities, but she knew that Alex was holding some big secrets. She had to have. And Alex's mom never even knew that Alex moved back, nor that he got married. 
In an interview, Janice said, And it was hard to hear about Alex from the police. We didn't know he had gotten married. We didn't know he had moved back to Arizona. That was very hard, so it's affected every part of our family. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. We need to have a serious chit-chat about this. Alex Cox's case is closed. I wonder what the small details are in this. And in a future video, a near future video, I'm going to be exploring a couple things about Chad Daybell and also something that I started connecting the dots to that might be Lori and Chad's little dirty secret. Stay tuned for that. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.